Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. And sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold... A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on the good ground and yielded a crop, and some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. I want you to skip down just a few verses for me, will you please? And um, to verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Then he who received seed by the wayside, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who had received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who has received seed on the ground, on the good ground, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. So, Father, I'm asking that you will add your blessing to your word. Lord, the reading of your word, may it be spirit and may it be life. And, Father, I pray that you will empower me to speak your word. I yield myself to Holy Spirit right now and invite him to speak through me. Give me your thoughts and your words, Lord. Lord, enable me to speak with clarity and with the power that only comes from Holy Spirit. I welcome him now in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been deeply troubled over the last uh, couple of days because I hear believers that are responding to political rhetoric and political agenda out of the carnal soul and mind. I'm not speaking Republican or Democrat or Green Party or Purple Party or Socialist Party or Libertarian Party or any other party. I just am addressing how do we as believers handle the stuff of the world the news that we hear every day of ISIS continuing to advance the economic teetering that's going on the the violence and the hatred and the anger that is escalating inside our own cities how do we handle our own junk our own stuff okay pressures in our marriages um too much month at the end of the money uh just 
the stuff that we deal with in life, huh? That we handle every day. Craziness in the workplace. I, I don't know if there's ever been a time in, in my 67 years that, that I've heard about people coming to work so mad all the time. You just go, really? You know, it's, it's, but it's, it's all dialing up, isn't it? it how, do we, how do we, as sons and daughters of the living God, handle this stuff? Well, there's, there's four basic ways that we can handle it. And look at them with me, would you please? So we, we can just ignore it, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just, I, you know what? I, I don't even want to think about this. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. So I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to turn off the news and I'm just going to enjoy a movie. Just going to listen to my music. I'm not, I'm, and so ignore it. it, you know, it it's, we can't do anything about it anyway, right? It's going to somehow all work out. Here's another way. Blame it on something else. Oh, my kids are acting the way they're acting because of that crazy rock music they listen to. Oh, listen, the reason we're having this trouble in America is because of those crazy gun control people. Oh, the reason we're in the trouble we're in is because of that insane president we have. And, and you just go on and on and on. And, and they, they, they blame it all. See, it's the, and then, then they handle this way. Let's just avoid it. Let's avoid it. I know it's there. I know what's going on. So I'm just going to work harder. I'm going hunting. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get me a bigger boat, a better boat, and I'm just going to go fishing. You know what? I'm just going to get season tickets to the Seahawks and... Okay, so we just we, we just avoid really dealing with it. We we don't deal with our kids. We don't really deal with our marriage. I, I want to speak to the brothers here for a minute. Brothers, let me tell you something. There's never been in the history of America a greater measure of absentee fathers than we're facing right now. And it is time to put on your big boy pants and be a leader in your home. Now, I'm not talking about putting on a Superman suit or a Batman suit. There's there's none of us that are superheroes. There's none of us that have all the answers. But I want to tell you, every one of us can fast and pray. Every one of us can be home when we're home. Every one of us can take the hands of our wife and pray with her. Every one of us can pull the kids around the dining room table and read the word together and then talk about what went on in their day and help them see the biblical principles that apply to it. Come on, we can. This this is not the answer. Nor is this last one. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit it hard. I'm just going to hit it head on. I am deeply concerned by some of the attitudes I see in in some of the some of the friend circles that that are are almost vigilante in their attitude. 
I am deeply concerned. I'm going I'm to touch on something right here. Just kind of grab your chair. Hang on right here because this is going to be this can be tough. I am deeply concerned by how many concealed carry we're getting, and they and 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 many of them are getting their training online, and and that means we've got a whole bunch of people that in a moment of crisis they're armed, but do they know what to do with it? It's a whole different issue when you've got men and women that are getting training, that are getting and, and, and know what to do. It's a whole other thing when you just got a whole bunch of people that are angry and mad and they're going to deal with it. Now, you understand what I'm saying? See, that's, a, that's an anarchy spirit. And listen, never in history... Has an anarchy spirit worked? Do you know why the American Revolution worked different from any other in in history? It is because our founding fathers took the principles of God's word and used the principles of God's word. Most today, most today have never really been taught how they handled it, the number of appeals that they made. They, they didn't immediately go to arms in anarchy. They made appeal after appeal. And they made appeal to heaven. That's why they had their, their own flag that they put under it, the appeal to heaven. Folks, listen, it was not anarchy. It was men and women earnestly seeking God and saying, we want to handle this God's way. And when no other way was available to them, it it had to be arms. But they knew what to do. And I am deeply concerned that even inside the body of Christ, we're using these four carnal ways of dealing with the issues. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ, next slide please, that is why the Lord Jesus Christ said, don't let the leaven of Herod or the leaven of the Pharisees grow in your heart. What was the leaven of Herod? We talked about it last week, right? Power, position, and what? Prestige, power, position, prestige. And it was all done by force, domination, intimidation, control. Okay? Remember, remember the disciples came to Jesus and said, okay, so who's going to be greatest, Jesus? Whoa, wow. Jesus goes, whoa, wait, 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 wait. That's the leaven of Herod. And then he cautioned against the leaven of the Pharisees. See, theirs was power, position, and prestige also, but they did it in a very religious cloak. I have the righteousness of God because I say it just right, God. I look just right. Okay, and they dressed themselves in their robes, in their phylacteries. And they showed a religious front. But Jesus said, man, you've, you've got all the religious trappings. But inside it's dead. And you are seeking the same thing the world is seeking. Power, position, and prestige. And I'm saying to you, that is not of my kingdom. And re- remember, remember how the, the, the whole story of Jesus and his disciples, and they've been ministering in the area of Capernaum and the north part of the, of the Galilee region, and they get in a boat, and they, and they go to the other side, and when they get there, the disciples are going, oh, man, Jesus is talking to us about the leaven because we didn't bring any bread. Oh, how dumb are we? And Jesus is going, excuse me? 
You're worried about, did you forget the last time when we had 5,000 men besides women and children? And we didn't have enough food and we fed them? And how many baskets did you pick up? And remember the other time when there were 4,000? How many baskets did we pick up? And, and you think I'm worried about bread? I'm wanting you to understand the right way to handle issues. Next slide for me. The right way to handle issues is by the kingdom of God perspective. Next slide for me. Thank you. There we go. Look, it's not... It's not handling it by just ignoring it or blaming something else or by just, I, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just not going to deal with this issue. Or even just hitting it head on, man, I'll tell you what. They come from my guns. Well, I tell you what. If we don't do something and, and, and or, you know, through political agenda or through religiosity, that none of that. Jesus, I, I want you, I want you to get a kingdom perspective here. I, I want you to be able to perceive. I, I wrote a blog that's going to be coming out tomorrow, probably, that is going to. I probably am going to lose half my followers, <laughs> but I. I it, it's about this. Okay, what? Okay, well, let, let me ask it to you this way. If you, if you didn't have the Holy Scripture, okay, didn't have the Holy Scripture, but you knew about Abraham and how when, when, when it really came down to pressure, he would lie to you. You didn't, you, know, you don't have your Holy Scripture, and, and, and you have Jacob who I'm telling you, he would have been the most crooked, dishonest car salesman in the city. If you didn't, if you didn't have the Holy Scripture, Moses was a fugitive. He had committed murder and, and married into a very high elite family so he could hide. David was a womanizer who even committed murder to cover up. How about, how about King Kairos? King Kairos, listen, King Kairos engineered a coup to overthrow and kill his grandfather so he could get the throne. And then, by military force, formed what was the first true world empire and was the first man in history as a, as a dictator to be called the Great Kairos the Great. Okay. Now, I know we, we read scripture and we talk about how, how God chose all these men because after all, you know, David was a man after my own heart. And we, well, we only know that because of Holy Scripture. I'm saying, take away Holy Scripture. Look at these guys. Would you vote for any of them? <laughs> then yet God said, Man, can, can I do anything without telling Abraham because I'm in covenant with him? <laughs> Listen, God, God called King Kairos his shepherd and my anointed. Really? So then, okay, here's where I was going with this. So then in the blog, I said, what if God has chosen Hillary? Because America has murdered 65 million of her babies. 
And America has removed the name of God and any images of God from all of our public arena while we have opened the gateway to every idol and God of the world. We can, we can teach our children and even have them come dress in the robes and attire of Islam, but we cannot teach about Jesus Christ. We can, we can teach the five baskets full of the Buddha religion, but we cannot teach the Holy Scripture. We can teach the gods of Hindu and have their images all around the classroom, but we cannot have the cross. We cannot have the empty tomb. We cannot have an image of Jesus, but we can put an image of any of the other idols in the classroom, but not Jesus. We have removed everything about the living God, but we have opened the gateway to all the other idols. Do you think... The living God is going to let us get away with that? What if God has chosen Donald Trump to be our King David or our King Kairos? Oh, can't be that because look what went on 11 years ago. You see, all of this is handling it from the previous perspective. There's no kingdom perspective. We are looking at it from our political rhetoric, from our political agenda, from our political party. And child of God, it is time we don't look at it through an elephant or a donkey, or any, but the kingdom of God. What is God doing in America? What is God doing in America? What is God doing? We need our spiritual leaders and the church of the living God to get back on their face and go, God, what are you doing? Did you find it odd that when you look at, I mean, how many people had their name in the hat when we started? 55,000 people running for president. Uh, I know. Okay, that's hyperbole. Don't get all wigged out. (laughs) And really, it comes down to the two people we have. I I sought God about this. Wait a minute. God, how could we, out of everyone that lives in America, we come up with these two candidates? Really? Really? And Almighty God spoke to my heart and said, Listen, I'm doing the same thing I did when Bill Clinton was selected. I was on my face crying to God. I was in some days of fasting and prayer over it. I was in a hotel room because I was at a series of meetings on the East Coast. And God just stopped me in the middle of the night. I'd been up all night praying. He just stopped me in the middle of the night and he said, Stop. I'm going to give them Bill Clinton because that's what they want. Now listen, dear ones, listen. You never want God to go, Okay. Okay, if that's what you want. You you never want to hear God say that to you. Okay? Oh, you don't want to hear God say that to you. Now, you do want God to say, listen, but I want to bless you. I want to give that to you, child. Oh, okay. But when he goes, okay, I'm going to let you have what you want. No, 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 you don't want that. And that's, and that's where we're at. And we have to say, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in the face of the teetering of our economy? What are you doing in the face of the anger and the violence and, and the hatred and that is rising in our nation? God, what is up? What are you doing? We've got to get a kingdom perspective. Does this make sense? Go to the next slide for me, please. But that will only happen when we come as a little child.
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Almighty God said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And, and that word there for poor in spirit is the Greek word that means someone who is living in abject poverty and they have no means of being able to change their condition. They are totally and completely dependent upon someone else to lift them up out of their poverty and, and give them resource. They have no means or ability. And Almighty God is saying to you and I, when we come to that place as a little child, that we are totally dependent upon Heavenly Father. I am a little child. I, I, I can barely crawl. I can't speak. God, I can't. I am totally dependent on you to change my diaper, to feed me. God, I am completely dependent upon you. I can't change anything about it, God. I am spiritually, morally bankrupt and accept your Holy Spirit. Make me a new creation. Accept your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live in righteousness. Accept your Holy Spirit. Train me how to think. Train me how to speak. God, I need you. I can't do anything without you, God. It's the only way. It starts there. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, I'm telling you, except you are like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, what that means is, not only are we dependent upon him, but how many of the Holy Bible says that God disciplines whom he loves? Right? He disciplines whom he loves, right? Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, when, when you came out of the womb, you were a perfect little child. But not everyone's that way. Most of us are not perfect like you are. Most of us have to be trained, right? We have to be taught. We have to be trained, okay? I mean, I don't, all, all of these young people down front here, you guys are just perfect little children. And you never have to be corrected. Or, am I right? Oh, oh, you're not? You're not perfect? You still make mistakes? No. Every one of us to a person, right? Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, listen, listen, be willing, be willing to be corrected by Father. Be willing to be disciplined. If, if as children we needed earthly fathers to correct us and train us, how much more do we need heavenly Father to correct us and train us? That is the only way it works. We must be willing to hear and listen and see and let Father correct us and show us. How big is your Holy Bible? Okay, let's t take all the study stuff out and just leave it to the Holy Scripture. How big is that thing? You got that down? Or might there be something in there you don't know yet? <laughs> Man, I, that you think you think the Holy Bible is that way? Your heart is that way. And if you are not in a place where you're so yielded to Father that He can adjust you, He can adjust your attitude, He can adjust your perspective, He can, he can add knowledge to you that you don't have now, He can show you deep hidden motives and you go, really? That is in there? That is in there. Get it out. 
See, we've got to be willing. If we're going to be little children, we not only have to be yielded to him and understand we're completely dependent upon him, but we must be willing to let him adjust our life. And this is what he said. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. That when we're willing to let Almighty God's kingdom be the one that controls our life. He is king. He is king. He is absolute sovereign king. And, and the right of redress, I lay at his feet. I will not argue with you. I will lay it at your feet. You are the one in authority. Wow, that's tough. The second thing, though, is, Lord, wherever I go, that's where the kingdom is. The boundaries of your kingdom are unlimited because wherever I go, the kingdom of God is within me. So wherever I go, I take the kingdom. So when you go to work tomorrow morning, the kingdom of God is there. The only question is, are you living like the kingdom or are you living like the world? Do you have a kingdom perspective? Do you have a kingdom worldview? Do you have a kingdom attitude? Or do you have the same attitude that the world has? Do you have the same perspective that the world has? Are you living are you living kingdom or are you living the world? That's the only question. When we really understand that the kingdom has a culture. And am I living kingdom culture or am I living the culture I grew up with? Am I living kingdom culture or am I living the culture of America right now? Am I living kingdom culture or am I living the culture that is my own personal opinion? Hmm. Oh, are we having fun with this message yet? <laughs> the kingdom has a language. And trust me. The S word, the F word, the H word, none of those are in there. None of those are in there. I I do not understand why in the context of the Church of America today, we have begun to think it is okay to use that kind of language from the pulpit. When the Holy Scripture itself says, don't even let this be named among you. You don't talk this way. And by the way, you're so stupid. Will you ever learn? Can you do anything right? Those aren't in there either. That's not in the kingdom language. That's not in the kingdom language either. And by the way, what you said to that guy that cut you off the last time, that's not in there either. (laughs) Come on. The kingdom language, that is why Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, only speak those things that edify and those things that are glorifying to Almighty God. The next time you give somebody a piece of your mind, stop. Put it back in. You can't afford to give it away. Look, the next one, it has laws. The principles and precepts. That is why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 9 to 11, he said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by giving heed unto thy word? And then he says this, Do not let me violate your law. And then he said this, Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, love the law of God. Love the word of God. I know people are going to say, well, but the Old Testament isn't relevant today. I find that really interesting. (laughs) Seeing how Jesus, he just kept referring to it time and time and time and time again. I, I know the ceremonial laws don't apply today. But man, the Ten Commandments are not ten good ideas. They're commandments. Listen, the Word of God, when it talks about righteousness and truth, listen, it still applies today. Come on, amen? So love the Word of God. Love the law of God. And here's the last one. Every kingdom has an enemy. 
Every kingdom has an enemy. You have an enemy, an enemy of your soul, an enemy that wants to destroy you, an enemy that wants to take you down, an enemy that hates you, an enemy that will seek to deceive you. There is great deception going on right now. He said, folks, let me just give you some, some illustrations of what I'm talking about, okay? When, when, when you listen to the media, and the media is continually slanted one direction, and it doesn't matter whether you go to the Alphabet News or you go to Fox News, it, it, it is slanted. We no longer are given news. We are given opinion about the news, whether you're talking newspaper or television, listen, internet, listen, we're getting opinion about the news. Because that is so, we need to recognize there's an agenda. And the deception is great. The spirit of deception is great. The lying. We have... Pragmatism has become the order of the day. And because of pragmatism, listen, they will lie to you if it will work their end. How else can you explain that one of our president's cabinet, when they were talking about getting the, the health care laws passed, he openly said, we were counting on the stupidity of the American people. Oh, really? From the very beginning, deception is so great. And listen, dear ones, listen to me closely. We are watching more and more of those religious organizations that, that 20 years ago, 25 years ago, they were known to be cult, they were known to be false, but closer and closer it is being pulled in and more and more of quote-unquote evangelicals are beginning to embrace them as, well, they're Christian too. Well, they're Christian too. Or, well, you know what? We all are seeking Almighty God. You know, and there are many ways to heaven. That is a lie. Jesus said there is one way. Amen. And it's not wide. Narrow. And few there be that find it. But see, we've, we, the deception is becoming so great. A spirit of deception is being released. That is why I'm asking you, when you look at the political arena, when you look at the economic arena, when you look at your marriage, when you look at your children, when you look at your workplace, if there's ever been a time it's critical... To have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to believe. It's now. It's now. Because otherwise you're going to view it and handle it out of carnality. Listen to what Jesus went on to say. Please go to the next. I don't know if it's the next slide or two slides. Let me, let me look here. I'm, I'm walking. Yes, right right here. Thank you. I, <laughs> dear ones, I didn't give her a very good script to follow today. And so I'm walking her through it. Hasn't she done great? Say thank you to our projections, would you? Thank you, Amber. Jesus went on to talk about the wheat and the tares. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who sowed a field with good seed, but there are all these weeds, all these tares. Tares, tares are weeds that look like the grain. And if you don't have eyes to see, you will not be able to discern between the tares and the true wheat. 
And, 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 and she says, well, let's go tear it up. No, 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 because if you tear that up, you're going to tear up the good. And, and here's what Jesus said when he interpreted it. He said, listen, offenses are going to come. Hurts are going to come. Disappointments are going to come. Heartache is going to come. You're going to have car wrecks. There's going to be disease. There's going to be struggles. And he is saying, listen to me, listen to me. If you handle it from your natural man, you will mess it up. You've got to have the eyes of the kingdom. You've got to have the ears to hear. You've got to have a heart to believe. And so he is saying to them, listen, this is normal living. Of course, there's going to be all of this along with the, with the kingdom good that comes. Because you're living in a fallen world. Amen? But when you handle it out of the natural man perspective, when you handle it with a worldview that is from the culture around you, you are going to mess it up and you'll tear up the good along with taking out the bad. And he is saying, stop. Have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to believe, and handle the stuff of the world from the kingdom perspective. Then he goes on and he talks about the mustard seed. Little teeny tiny seed. And you plant it in the ground, and if you let it grow, it will become a tree. The word of God in you is like little seeds being planted. But if you have faith as of a mustard seed, if you'll let that faith grow, if you'll nurture that faith, it will make you a mighty oak. But it starts small. And you may go, I don't know if I can do this, Pastor Dean, because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still going. That's okay. Keep nurturing it. Let it grow. Nurture the kingdom in your heart. Have eyes to see, ears to hear. Have a heart to receive. Listen, God will reveal to you the mysteries of the kingdom. And it will grow in you and it will become mighty in you until nothing of this world moves you. No matter what goes on in this world, it will not move you. Anybody here read The Heavenly Man? Anybody here read the book, The Heavenly Man? Let me see your hand. Two of us? Three of us have read. Guys, you got to go get, go on Amazon. You can get used copies for 50 cents or a dollar. Come on, The Heavenly Man. It's a whole story about a man who came to salvation in China and how he became a mighty oak of God. But it started as a teeny tiny seed in him. And that's what God wants. And then he goes on and he talks about the leaven. How that when you put a little bit of leaven in, it, it leavens the whole loaf. And the kingdom of God in you he wants it he wants it to grow until it affects everything about you your attitude the way you talk the way everything about your being becomes saturated with the kingdom of almighty god and you're living by the mysteries of the kingdom and the world doesn't get it family members won't get it your best friends will go, what is up with you? Because you're changing. And why you're changing is because it's no longer the world and the stuff around you that's impacting you. It's the kingdom of God within you. You're living by the kingdom of God. You're living by the kingdom of God. You're living by kingdom culture. You're living by kingdom language. And, and you're, you're handling the enemy by the kingdom. You don't deal with stuff the way you did before. Oh, God, kids. Oh, God, why did you let this happen to me? Oh, God, why? No, 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 no. You don't handle it that way. Not when you're looking at it from kingdom perspective. I was praying with a dear brother this morning, precious brother, medical doctor, went to work yesterday. He was absolutely just physically a wreck. They got to looking, had a blood clot going through the back of his heart, but they caught it really early. They were able to suck it out. And while they were dealing with that, they also found that he had uh, three of his arteries are so heavily diseased and a valve in there is bad. He's going in for open heart surgery. And, and, uh, and you know what? He's handling it totally from, he goes, isn't this cool that we found it so early? 
I'm going to get fixed up and ready, and I am going on for God. Absolutely. What a, that's, that's a kingdom perspective. Not a, oh, why? Oh, it's just, come on. Kingdom perspective. Amen. Am I making sense? Yes, you are. Now, listen, Jesus went on to talk about that the greatest treasure. There was a guy that he, he heard about this field, and, and there was gold in that field. He sold everything he had and went and bought the field. And then there was this, there was this, there was this merchant that heard that there was the biggest pearl ever found. And he sold everything he had and went and bought that pearl. What's Jesus talking about? What's the great treasure? What's the pearl of great price? What is it? The kingdom of almighty God. You give everything to live the kingdom. Everything. Everything. Listen. When you're living in the kingdom, it doesn't matter whether they can figure it out medically or not. You've got the great physician. When you're living in the kingdom and you're going, man, I, it, this is so confusing. No, no, no. You've got, you've got living in you the wisdom of all ages. Listen, when, 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 you, when you go, you know what? I'm just not, I'm not sure how, which decision to make here. You have living in you, the one that knows everything from the beginning to the end. He already knows. And you can go to him and he will reveal to you. If he can name a king 160 years before he's even conceived in his mother's womb, you don't think he can't handle what you're facing right now? He knows it all from the inside out, dear, and he will guide you around it. That's why he said to the children of Israel, I will go before you. I will go before you. And here's what I'm going to do. When, when you're facing a stronghold that you can't overcome, I'm going to send hornets in there and they will come running out so that you'll be able to defeat them and then go take over the city. Uh, really? Really? You're telling me you can't stand? Oh, but this is too big for me, Pastor. I can't. Uh, really? Do you really think that Jesus asleep in the boat, that boat can be sunk? Really? How do you drown Almighty God? Come on, really? The storm is so great. And here's Jesus standing out there and he says to you, come on. You don't think he's going to help you walk on water, really? Yes, he will. Come on. Are you tracking the kingdom living? Kingdom perspective. You give everything to live the kingdom. Will you stand with me, please? You give everything to live the kingdom. I want to speak to the young people right down front here. Because everything in the education system that you're going through, everything from the time you were in preschool till right now, everything has been from humanism, rationalism, materialism, and pragmatism. And I am telling you, the living word of Almighty God, the Holy Bible... Every time archaeology tries to disprove it, it's only proven it even more. In recent years, they have found manuscripts that are 1,000 years older than any manuscripts we've had before. And they are exactly as the Holy Bible that you have in the English language. No, no, no. Listen, you've got the book of all ages. And it will teach you how to live by truth. And the truth in there will make you free. Kingdom. Live the kingdom. Yeah, get your education. Get your education. Get as high education as you possibly can. But everything you learn in education, you subject it to the word of God. And that way you'll know whether it's truth or not. I, I changed my doctoral studies from psychology 
to applied theology because the more I studied psychology, the more I saw it was, it was just going to go further and further away from the Word of God. And I thought, you know what? That's not the answer. This is the answer. The Word of the living God is the answer. Come on. Amen? That's, that's what you do. Listen, let me, let, me speak, let me speak to everyone here that's 40 and under. Everything that you have been taught thus far challenge it with the word of God challenge it with the word of God how do you deal with economics challenge it with the word of God how do I build a healthy marriage challenge it with the word of God how do I train my children challenge it with the word of God how do I deal with the workplace and how crazy is the word? handle it with the word of God listen listen to me brothers and sisters get in the word There is a reason, Scripture tells us, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. That man, that man, that man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and its leaves does not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That is how you live in the world today, victoriously and overcoming. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.